in a water way in a water way in the one children got to go to trouble in the water i said way in the water way in the water children way in the water got to go to trouble in the water where you see that host all dressed in white got to go to trouble in the Good afternoon. How's everyone today? Excellent. It's great to have you all here with us this, this afternoon, whether here in Sanctuary or online. Welcome. My name is Mike Sager. I'm one of the pastors here at Desert Hills, along with Pastor Craig Larson. And it's again a joy and pleasure to have you worshiping with us today. As you know, whenever we gather for worship, we remind ourselves and the world what we believe God is calling us to be about. So I invite you to join with me as we proclaim together our mission statement. Here at Desert Hills Lutheran Church, we celebrate grace. We make disciples who make a difference. May it be so among us this day and every day of our lives. I have some pre-announcements this, this afternoon. First of all, is this someone's phone? Okay, whoever's looking for it, 
here it is, and you got a phone call. So, uh, so you probably want to, you probably want to check. Uh, yes, it's about a car warranty. Yes, your car warranty is up. So. Uh, the next announcement is, I would look down, if you wore a name tag, look down, and if it's missing, it's because here's the back. Uh, so, uh, I have the back. There is no phone calls on this, though. So, uh, but I will leave it up here, and you can get it later. Also today, just want to remind everyone, we do have dinner after this service, so we invite you to stay around and have a time of, of fellowship and a good meal this uh, evening. So, please remember that. What's going on these next couple weeks? This weekend is Fair Trade Weekend. Valentine's Day is when? Tuesday. Buy some chocolate. It's delicious chocolate. It's out there. You go out the sanctuary, northwest hallway, pick up chocolate, oils, coffee, tea. Excellent opportunity. Not only do you give something to someone you love, but also you support local farmers who are making a difference in their community. You may have heard or you may not have heard, but the Foundation Golf event has been postponed because it's supposed to be really ugly on Monday. So uh, luckily we were able to postpone it till February 27th. So two weeks from, from Monday will be the golf tournament, same location, same time. So if you were not able to play on Monday because of a conflict or you were worried about the weather, you can still sign up. So there are brochures, pick one up, and there's still room for you to play. Uh, but again, February 27th, make sure everyone that you know is playing knows about that. The Social Concerns Ministry is sponsoring TTT Drive. Toothpaste, toothbrush, toilet paper uh, begins next this weekend through the 19th of February. So please bring those items. You probably received... This sheet, this sheet is an invitation for you to share with us some of your thoughts about different activities we can have here at Desert Hills. We invite you to fill this out. There are baskets as you leave the sanctuary this afternoon. There's baskets here on the front tables. There's baskets over there. There's baskets at the main entrance. There's a basket in the fellowship hall. We're asking you not to put them in the offering plate because then they go in the vault and we can't get everything in. So, uh... Please put it in that. If you did not get one, um, there will be extras on the table. Please grab one. It's a great way for you to kind of share some interests that you have in a way for us to know what's going on and that what you'd be interested in. So please do that. Join the Food Fun and Fellowship team to watch the Super Bowl. That is tomorrow. Uh, it starts at 4 p.m. The event Kickoff is at 4.30, so it'll be a great time to come, cheer on your favorite team, uh, have some food, have some fellowship, and just be together community. Again, kickoff tomorrow is at 4.30. We are asking you if you're able to bring a can of food, um, we'll donate that to the local food banks. Men's breakfast is this Thursday, February 16th. Uh, the last day to purchase tickets, tickets is this Monday, February 13th, so please... Pick up your tickets if you have not yet uh, this Monday. On Friday, we have Espresso Self. Uh, again, this Friday, it's going to be at Pasava Java uh, at 9 a.m. So if you um, want to come and we just hang out together, we invite you to wear your name tag so we know who you are. And we really encourage you to sit with someone maybe you don't know. 
Uh, it's a great way to meet people. We usually get anywhere between 30 and 70 people. It's a great chance for you to meet someone from a different service or just someone even that sits on one side and you sit on the other. So I invite you to meet somebody new, uh, but just have a time of conversation this Friday. Uh, the, that weekend, the 18th and 19th, Dr. Chan is coming. Michael Chan is coming. He is going to be talking about the story of Abraham and Sarah. Uh, he is going to be here on Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, he is going to be presenting um, at 10 a.m. Abraham and Sarah, the Jewish perspective. Then there will be lunch. And then there will be another present, presentation, Abraham and Sarah from a Muslim perspective. And then on Sunday at 9 a.m., uh, the same story from a Christian perspective. So you'll see how each of those faith traditions see this story, see the similarities, and see how maybe they may interpret them a little bit different. You can come to any or all of those events. If you're going to stay for lunch, we'd like to know so that we make sure we have enough food. But if you're not coming for lunch, we don't need to know the numbers. Just show up and listen to Michael Chan. He's an excellent speaker. I think you'll have a great time and learn a lot. Flourishing in the third third of life. That's us. Uh, third, third of life. Uh, I'm going to be doing a class uh, on that. It's coming out of Fuller Seminary. Um, and it's going to be, this will be the first time that we're going to be offering it here. So I'm going to limit the number um, because we're going to do little small groups. And that way I see how it goes. But it will be on Fridays from 11 a.m. to noon. And it will start on, on the 24th. If you're interested... Um, Please sign up. If you want more information, just get a hold of me and I can kind of share kind of how it is. But it's helping us understand that in this third third of life, there is still plenty of opportunity for God to use you and for you to flourish in this time and not see as a time of decline, but a time of growth and flourishing. So we really want to support each other in that space. And today we have a special guest. We, have, uh, we want to welcome Reverend Daniel Rift, who is the director of the ELCA World Hunger and Luther Disaster Response. I know he is an excellent uh, preacher, and we look forward to hearing uh, God's word from him today and tomorrow. So uh, it's an honor to have him here with us this weekend. Let's now begin with a time of prayer. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we are just so thankful. We're thankful for laughter. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for this community gathered, whether here in person or online. But we're most especially thankful for your love, which sustains us and calls us into life. We pray this day that we may open our hearts and minds to receive your word. That our lives may be touched by your presence. That your spirit may be alive and well among us. And may we lift our voices and our hearts in praise of you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our opening medley. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let 
soul. Give me wisdom and power every day, every hour. Let me drink from the fountain above. Guide my footsteps aright through the dark, stormy night. Give me peace, give me joy, give me love. Let my life be a light shining out through the night. May I help struggling ones through the fold. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. What a real sensation. He holds the world right 
in his hand. I love to sing, sing, sing. I love to sing. Sing about the beauty in God's plan. I love to sing, sing, sing. I love to sing. Singing a song I understand. Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing Standing on the promises that cannot fail When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail By the living word of God I shall prevail Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I now can see. Perfect present cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing. Please join in our litany, spoken responsibly. We are God's church. We come together to worship. He has given us his word. We come together to learn from him. He has put his words on our lips. We go out to tell the world about him. He has given us his spirit. We come together to celebrate. He has freed us from our past. We come together to move forward. He has called us into community. We come together to share our lives. We are God's church. We come together to worship. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. 
Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Today's first scripture reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Now during those days, when the disciples were increasing in numbers, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said, it is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. The word of the Lord. Oh, again, I'll be somewhere, oh, again, I'll be somewhere, oh, again, I'll be somewhere. 
Today's second scripture reading is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. After these things, Jesus showed himself to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast a net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far off from land, only about a hundred yards off. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord, take our hearts, take our words, take our ears, and let them be only for thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, it's really a pleasure to be here today. I'm going to get up here so I can see you better. Um, I know I'm a stranger to most of you here in Desert Hills, but actually I stopped in one Sunday morning several years ago because I was on my way through and I knew this congregation was a place deeply committed to mission and to service in the, in the world. And I just wanted to see what, what makes this such a special place. And I sat actually in a pew right over there. And um, then I went out and had some excellent coffee and had a great chat with a few folks. I, I shouldn't admit this, but I don't remember the scripture. I don't remember the sermon text. I probably don't remember anything about the sermon. 
Yeah, <laughs> but I do remember what a fun and dedicated place this is. And so I am really pleased to be back. Um, you have, if you've been here at Desert Hills uh, for a while, you've probably seen some of my colleagues, some of the folks that, um, that I've worked with, uh, Robin Brown. Um, uh, I have, might have a colleague here, Sharon Magnuson, who periodically comes through and covers this area for us. Um, the Langes, who were here earlier this year. And then my really good colleague and friend, Ron Glusenkamp, who sends his love and care for you as a congregation. And as I was walking down the aisle, uh, wrote, uh, texted me and said, God bless you in this day. So, um, which is just classic Ron, especially uh, so that my phone would go off and maybe next to the microphone and see if... <laughs> so, I'm here as the person within the life of our larger church, Lutheran church, the ELCA, um, as one of the people who concentrates specifically on the work that we do in hunger and in disaster and to invite the participation. Now, I know some of you are going, well, that's nice for the Lutherans, but I'm not Lutheran. Well, let's say we do this work cooperatively. So if you're United Methodist and you ever heard about UMCOR, or if you're Presbyterian and ever heard about Presbyterian Disaster Assistance or Presbyterian Hunger Program, or you're UCC and you've ever heard of the One Great Hour Sharing, or if you're Disciples and ever heard about the uh, Week of Compassion and the ministries by that, um, you are already, this is our common life together. And if none of those, we work cooperatively across many, many divides within the context of the church and the faith community. So this is your story as well. But particularly, I want to tell the stories of the difference that are made by the Global Mission and by the Social Concerns Committee. So the TTT stuff, don't forget that. This stuff, responding to hunger, to our neighbors, starts at home, and it spreads around the world. When I was in high school, a few years ago, nobody, this doesn't happen to anybody, but when I was in high school, I knew that I wanted to make a difference in the world, in my life, by my life. There was some drive for me. You know, all my other friends were um, thinking about other stuff, and I was thinking about what's going on in the world, and how can uh, the fact that I'm in it make a difference. And given that my dad grew up in the Depression in Europe uh, between the wars, and um, their family struggled for food for a long time, um, I really had a commitment to wanting to do something about hunger in the world and ultimately about disaster response. And that has been what I've done for well over three decades now professionally in the context of the church's work, both in the uh, ELCA, the Lutheran Church, and uh, in other places. You know, there's a lot that goes on in the world and it is astounding how the church can, can make a difference that changes people's, the trajectory of people's lives. Where their life is headed. How they're going to thrive and live. What happens with their children. This desire that we want a better life for our children. The trajectory of where people's lives are going. Now that's a tall order. And you're likely to say, well Dan... How can we change the direction of somebody's life by the work that we do? So I want to tell you a few stories. I want to start in Haiti. It's the poorest nation in this hemisphere. We've been invited in working in Haiti together 
for a couple decades now. We as Lutherans are known, we, we don't really work in Port-au-Prince because like many parts of the world, we make a commitment to work in the areas where other people are not actively engaged, other organizations and agencies, particularly in rural areas. And so that means we work in Grand Anse, which is in the southwest part of Haiti and way up in the mountains along the border with the Dominican Republic, if you know Haiti. In Grand Anse, we are known as the pig people. You are known as the pig people if you've supported this work. Now, why in the world the pig people? Well, when pigs were wiped out by a disease about 20 years ago, it was the Lutherans from the United States who made a commitment to restock that, those pigs. And if you've ever done good gifts here and seen that pig for $50, you have been part of that kind of work. And of course, livestock multiply if you're successful, which means that these programs are based in communities, they're based in training, and it means that the offspring of the pigs are shared back with other neighbors. So as this gets going, it multiplies. Now, I had the opportunity to visit in Haiti and to see this pig work, and it was fascinating. I remember this um, probably nine-year-old boy, Henri, who was coming to the meeting of the pig clubs. So he had a pig by a leash leading him to the pig club because that's where the vet would come, and they had songs and lessons about pigs and how to tend for pigs, the reality is, though, a pig is far more than a pig. A pig is the school fees. A pig is the savings bank for the, com for the community and for the family. A pig is a source of increased protein in a community where there's not enough protein. A pig is the way in which health care might be paid for and there is multiplied income for the life of the family and in the life of the community. And by bringing it to pig clubs, there is an accountability. You see, we heard a passage today about what happened in the early times of the church, where there wasn't food being distributed to all the people. And all the way back, 2,000 years ago, the church recognized that there are always people who don't have enough, who are being left out. Now, unlike the original time of the feeding of the 5,000, where the disciples said, you know, Jesus, if somebody said, these people are hungry on the hillside, having listened to Jesus, and they said, well, let them go find food. If it weren't for a little boy who came, gave up his lunch, and it was multiplied, at least in one of those stories, they might have gone hungry. Well, the disciples at least got far enough in this story where... The apostles got far enough where when somebody said, well, these people are hungry because they're being left out of the food distribution because they're Greek and not Jewish. They said, we got to do something about this. Oh, this is our responsibility. Let's find some people who can do something about that. And name people who really were gifted to be able to do that kind of work. The reality as well is those people that they found are the people that helped the spreading of the gospel out beyond the Jewish community into the Greek community, into the Gentile community, into that promise of Jerusalem to, to Judea, to, uh, to Samaria, to Judea, to the ends of the earth. 
This work is core to who we are. It is core to the witness of the gospel. And it changes the trajectory of life as it did in Henri's family. It changes the trajectory in life in our lives as well as we consider the way that the gospel is a calling to us, to neighbors who are near, and neighbors we may never meet around the world in the poorest of nations, in the least of these who are in the world. You know, when we started our work in Haiti, there were no Lutheran churches in Haiti. We didn't start this work as a matter of proselytization or of of spreading of the Lutheran uh, uh, family, but in fact, it in itself is endemic. The same thing is true in Nepal. The same thing is true in Cambodia. These are places where there are new fledgling churches because people have seen the power of the witness of the people who look in the face of hunger, who look in the face of disaster, and who cherish hope to the point at which they are willing to meet people in their times of darkest days with a word of hope. That's what you make possible. That's what you are engaged in. This work would not happen if we were not doing it together. So the one thing that I hope you'll understand and hear from me, that you'll remember, even if you're sitting out back there and you don't remember the passage and you don't remember what the message was, you'll remember the words thank you because you make this possible. Now I want to I catch you up on a couple other places, uh, uh, ways in which um, this is so powerful, um, this commitment to hope and possibilities. We have seen within our year the invasion of Ukraine. And I venture that for many of you, to watch what has happened has been heartbreaking. And now that we're almost a year into this, for many of you, it's just been too long to continue to keep it in the front of your prayers or in the minds of what's going on. But the reality is that there are many who continue to be serving their neighbors in the midst of this as a matter of hope. We, I want to thank you for the ways in which you uh, as a congregation or you individually have responded uh, to the needs in Ukraine. You know, I want to tell you just about one person and one way in which your gifts have made a difference. So Alexandra had a child who was disabled from, uh, from birth. And she had made, by her hard work, her dedication to that child, a life for this, this child who is differently abled, this special child. And then the war came. And she knew she could not stay where she had been, and that she had to leave her home. And she ended up going to Slovakia. And her first question is, who is going to be able to help me in the midst of this? My child, my son, in the midst of this situation. And she found the Lutherans. And she found, through a Lutheran church, a community of people who already had a ministry with children who were differently able. And they expanded their work by the resources that you had entrusted to us to be able to partner with them to the place in which it created a home and uh, an environment of hope and possibility for these children. The victims of this war are not just those who have died, but those whose lives 
have been robbed of childhood. And you are the ones that are helping through our churches in Slovakia and our partner churches in Poland and our partners in Hungary and Romania and other nations around through our ecumenical work to help that work. And within Ukraine itself, the congregations that are in Ukraine who have continued to be there partly because you have helped to make sure that all the church workers are supported in the midst of that, who now are reaching out with food boxes and with help despite the fact that they often pack them with, uh, by candlelight, despite the fact that they often have to um, pack them and distribute them at night, despite that fact to over 50,000 people. That's the difference that it makes to be those people who live in hope. And it is indeed a, a great witness, a strong witness, in this place and around the world. How will people know what it means to be those who follow Jesus Christ, who have committed themselves to be disciples? It is by acts such as this. And I suspect that you're wondering what's happening in Turkey and Syria now at the end of this horrible earthquake. Um, we have a long experience as church in responding to earthquakes um, during the course of my time, uh, that has included um, uh, Armenia and Nepal. It's included uh, earthquakes in the United States uh, and now uh, and Haiti and now this earthquake. It's a challenging situation. Both Syria is unstable and Turkey is a difficult place to build connections. Our tilted priority is towards Syria at this point. Um, because we have some long-standing work, both with the Orthodox community and with our other uh, partners in Europe, to be able to reach into Syria, and few other organizations can do that. So that is our desire, is to assess every situation and ask, what is the church particularly and uniquely equipped to do? And to respond in that way. Our privilege, our challenge, is to stand in many ways where the gospel message, the disciples of the gospel message stood in the book of John in the chapter that we just heard. You know, Jesus had left this world as far as they knew. They had abandoned their nets, as you might have heard a couple Sundays ago. They had gotten off their boats to become fishers of people. They had journeyed with who they thought was going to be the Messiah. And it had ended in this darkened chapter. And now what? And so the story begins. Let's go back to fishing. You know, in desperation, we go back to the familiar. But in the midst of that darkened night, no fish were caught. And as the sun was rising, a man stood on the seashore and said how he could see this, talking to professional fisher folk. Oh, just throw your nets on the other side of the boat. 
and, of course, abundance. I think it's a story about the ways in which we look at our own life. It's easy for us to look at our life with the eyes of scarcity. Not enough fish in the net. It's not working out the way we thought. There's no place we can go. But on the other side of the boat, after the encounter with the living Christ, abundance. And we hear in this story the rushing of the apostles to the seashore, realizing that it's Jesus. And what comes afterwards is the sharing and the breaking of bread. And from that, what we hear is Jesus asking Peter three times, do you love me? We come to this place, some of us, because of the ways in which the Holy Spirit has touched our lives, and we speak with conviction, as Peter did. You know I love you, Jesus. We come to this place because the music is great, and we're seeking an understanding And Jesus asks, do you love me? I love you, Jesus. I'm really working at it. We come to this place with uncertainty. But I think the answer is always the same. It's not a matter only of do you love me, but what do we do? What do we do to reinforce that love? What do we do to invite it into our lives? What do we do to invite it into the world? And the answer that Jesus gives is, to Peter, particularly in the role that he takes, but I really believe to all of us in the ways in which we are in action in the world. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. Feed my sheep. Henri in Haiti. So many people who who are seeking a better life for their children who don't have that opportunity if it were not for the generosity that you show. In the midst of war, in the midst of earthquake, tend my lambs, feed my sheep. Now I want you to remember in the midst of this one year after the Ukraine war, as much as we might have hoped that one war would end all wars, we have lived in a world with a series of wars. Whether it be wars that had broken out in Colombia, or wars and skirmishes that had broken out um, in Rwanda, or wars and skirmishes uh, and genocide in Cambodia, or whether it be wars that uh, uh, have just started to come to a conclusion in Ethiopia, or maybe our hope against hope wars in South Sudan. And in each of these cases, not only did war start, and Northern Ireland, I didn't even mention Northern Ireland, not only did war start, but peace broke out. Peace broke out because of the kind of hope and cherished action that had been taken through all this time. So I want to implore you to live in hope. To find something that you'd like to be recklessly generous in doing for someone else that you know or for a situation that's touched your heart. Recklessly generous. Now I don't mean threaten the future of your own well-being in life. I mean recklessly generous 
in, within your ability to do something that is out of character, but generous for all people. And then see how it feels. See what it looks like. Try it again. Because in that reckless generosity, I really believe that the Spirit of God is at work in us to answer the question, do you love me? Of course, Lord, I know you love me. I know you know I love you. Then tend my lamb and feed my sheep. Thank you for the ways that you were church. Thank you for the generosity of the spirit of this place. Thank you for holding on to hope. Thank you for the ways in which you share yourself with neighbors that you know and people you will never meet, but who you hold in your heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
Let us join in affirming our faith. We believe in God, the creator of all life. It is in his image that every person is made. We rejoice in God's covenant of love, which binds us to God and to one another. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who loves us, redeems us, and we proclaim him Lord and Savior of the world. In Christ's name and by his grace, we accept our mission of witness and service to all people. We believe in the Holy Spirit who joins us together in discipleship in obedience to Christ. We celebrate with thanksgiving the redeeming power of Christ through faith we surrender ourselves to God, we may serve the one whose kingdom has no end. Blessing, glory, and honor be to God forever. Amen. We continue by collecting our evening's offerings. As those all around me are dying My desire is to speak peace At a time when the tempest is tossing I desire most of all to shine in a world filled with darkness
In preparation for our prayers this afternoon, we hear the words from the 46th Psalm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth could change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come this day to give you our thanks and our prayers, our gifts of time and for all that we do for your mission in the world to bring this good news that is needed, for that help and that hope for all the people. Lord, in your mercy. God, we pray for those who this week have been added to our prayer list. We pray for Merritt Howard. For Ken Van Rui, for Del Blowers, and Jane Camus. Give them that strength that they need in this moment in time. Lord, we thank you for those who are leaving the prayer list with thanksgiving. As you have heard our prayers and you have been in their lives. We thank you for Andrea Scott Wolter, Bonnie Sturtz, Lorelei's Conrad, Mary Lou Wheeler. God, we come to you this afternoon with those hearts and those things that are near to our hearts and those whom we know to be in special need as we take this time to offer up our prayers quietly to you. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty God, we come and ask always that you continue to be in and amongst and around this world. We pray for those who are dealing with the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. Give strength to those who are offering the hope, healing those who are sick and injured, being that ability to take and understand when all is lost. 
be with the work of those who are working on our behalf, from Lutheran Disaster Response, as well as all who are the working hands that we so support. Lord, in your mercy. God, we come to you with all of the things that are so close to us. We thank you for the blessings and the ministries that we have in and amongst and around this people, this place of Desert Hills, offering that hope and that light in the midst of people's darkness. Help us to always be those words of encouragement, those people of encouragement, and those words that continue to come from you, those words of grace and love and care. Lord, in your mercy. Loving God, you welcome all into one family. We ask for your grace. Lavish your wisdom. Redeem us from our faults that by our witness all might praise your glory. You teach us to love neighbors and enemies alike. Strengthen us to follow your example of your love. Lord, in your mercy. All of these things, O oh God, we pray because of and through your blessed Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial. And deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I want to thank Reverend uh, Daniel Rift for his words today and sharing with us God's calling and promise in our lives to love one another. Now hear the blessing of God who will send us out into the world to be God's hands and God's feet. May the love of Jesus draw us to himself. May the power of Jesus strengthen us in his service as we bring light and love, hope and healing to the world. May the joy of Jesus fill our spirits and may the blessings of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon us this day and remain with us always. Amen. Please stand for our final song. One, two, three, four. There's a call come ringing over restless waves. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore.
must not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather jewels for a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the a blessing to others. Send the light.